This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 341, recorded on January 11th, 2018. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from a very, very snowy Belgium, Nebraska, a couple inches of snow. Although they were calling for like six to eight inches. Canceled school, the whole shooting match, we got an inch. It always works that way. The kids get over all the time when they overshoot the weather. But a little snow, it was out plowing the driveway a little bit earlier, but we made it in. Of course, we have world-class show notes for you out at the average guy. TV. Don't forget, you can listen to us live on the mobile app if you want to head over to homegadgetgeeks.com. Although, at this very second, that site's not actually working. We're struggling a little bit with the average guy.tv. I think there's some reboots going on at Maple Grove Partners. But if you're listening to this after the fact and you want to listen to us live, maplegrovepartners.com uh, is the way to do it. All right, Mike is out tonight. I think he will be back next week and we'll be happy for that. You know, he had a little baby, so he is taking care of business there. Heather Welch is with us tonight, and Heather um, Heather comes from, and she's a podcaster, a, a kind of a, I want to say a brand new podcaster, but sunshineandpowercuts.com is her site. We're going to talk a bunch about it tonight because I think there's some great off-grid tech, but Heather, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Jim. Yeah, good to have you on. Of course, your accent gives it away, but for some folks that may not, tell us, tell us where you live and, and why you live there. I live in a valley in New Zealand, and I've I'm a New Zealander, born and bred here, and I've been living where I am now since about 2009, and built a house um, off the grid in two that finished yeah. building it in 2011. And you kind of do a podcast around it. I think SP was the one who said, "Hey, we got it. You should have Heather on your show and talk about some of the off grid tech." So we connected, and uh, you said yes, and so we're going to spend a little bit of the show talking about that. Uh, before we get started, there's a couple of housekeeping items I need to kind of cover. One, I want to thank Paul Barron for joining us last week. We did a vintage tech show, another one of those in the series where you guys kind of can come on and talk about your gear. We talked about some stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which was very, very cool. So, Paul, thanks for coming on. A good show. If you haven't catched it, it's 340, HGG 340, back at the average guy.tv when it's back up again. And uh, so, Paul, thanks for coming on. And then I, a, a little story, and Heather, you might be able to relate to this. I'm sure you've never had a, a wine-related disaster, but Tuesday night, I was sitting at my desk, and I, I, would, I had a glass of wine, a full, very full glass of wine, by the way. And I was watching YouTube and I was dozing, you know, you just kind of, I was tired. It had been a long week already and I was kind of dozing. And you ever had that time where you fall asleep and then something kind of just jars you awake, right? Well, it jarred me awake and, you know, my hands did what they normally do. And I hit the glass of wine and it literally, I don't, I don't, I have a short stemmed one here. Uh, Sarah won't let me have the long stems anymore. This was a long stem and I hit it and it flipped over full glass and all. And guess where it landed? Right on the mixer. Just boonk. And of course, uh, mixers are very porous. You know, they, they have sliders. And, no, they're not good drinkers at all is what I found out. So it was pouring and dripping out the back. And so I quick turned it off and, uh, and tried to clean it out. 
And I turned it back on. Uh, I tried to let it, I probably didn't let it dry out long enough. And I turned it back on at some point and the light came on and then it literally went zip and then it was dark. <laughs> and my Mackie FX Pro was no more. So uh, this is, by the way, the second time I have poured wine into my mixer. I moved it over so I would not do that again. It used to be on this side over here. And I moved it, and then I said, all my drinks from here on out will always be on the left, just to avoid that. Well, I broke that rule, spilled it in there. So I, um, you, do what a good, you do what a good podcast host does, is you jump on Amazon. And do you guys have, can you, can you use the Amazon store there in New Zealand? Yeah, I can. I, that's how I got my Samsung QTU, but it just took a long time for shipping to get here. And do you order it from the United States or is there a New Zealand version that you guys should it's use? It's not a New Zealand version yet. Okay. They're coming here, but not yet. Okay. Well, we need to hurry up and get them there. So I jumped on Amazon and ordered a new board and I said, I need to have it like next day. Well, I ordered it, paid for it. And then they got a note in the morning that said, um, oh, it's not going to be there till Friday. And I'm like, no, I have Heather on the program. I can't miss this. Like, and so you start scrambling, like, okay, what am I going to do? And I have one of those. You you have an audio uh, interface, right, that you use. What Which interface do you use? I use a Steinberg UR242. Okay. And um, and basically your mic just plugs into that. And then is it USB? Yeah, it is. Okay. USB interface into the computer. Really actually a great way. I think every person on the planet should have a good mic like yours or like mine. It just okay. makes video conferencing. It makes everything so much better. So... Uh, Friday morning, no. So I'm thinking, oh crap, what am I going to do, right? And I have I have a board at work, and I was kind of thinking through some contingency plans. I have I have the blue, and it's a, it's not a Sennheiser, but mm, there's another name, Pro Pro Sonus. I have a Pro Sonus audio interface that's a lot like yours that Mike Weger, my co-host, has. I could probably go get that from him. Then I'm thinking, oh, I'll just see what happens. So all surprises this morning, I get an alert on my phone, your package has arrived. And I didn't expect it till Friday to, of course, today's Thursday. It's your Friday, but it was Thursday for us. Yeah. And it came early and we had a snowstorm. It came in the middle of a snowstorm. I thought, okay, the universe must favor me if I'm if those kinds of things happen because they never happen. So brand new Mackie Pro, uh, Pro FX8 V2. So I got mm -hmm. the upgrade. So that wasn't such a bad deal. They have a new version of that out from, from the time I did it. So then uh, I, I got home about five. I put it in. It seems to be working right out of the shoot. And so Heather, we're able to uh, do a podcast. Um, do you have Patreon subscribers? Do you, do you have folks that support you? On your I, podcast? Do. I sure do. I've got two really great Patreons, uh, patrons. Sorry. Yeah. I call them anything you want. We, uh, they're great is what they are. My patrons were so great. They paid for the board. This let, let's just be honest. Listen. The, isn't that great to have? So, you know, I always keep every month we get a little bit through Patreon and it drops into a savings account that I just let sit. And when I have tech emergencies, that's the tech emergency fund. And so if you are a patron subscriber, a Patreon subscriber and a patron to the show, uh, let me just say, hey, I really appreciate what you guys do because it allowed me to very, very quickly. The board's 225 bucks, so it's not cheap. And uh, although it's not terribly expensive, but I was able to just uh, uh, one day ship it. Boom, it was here and, and because of you guys. So uh, real quick, Brian Hour, Chad Davis, Chad Johnson, Dennis uh, Pillow, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Prokop out there at, uh, at the story behind, Eric Janikowski, Jen 
Janiskowski. I can never pronounce his last, last, last name right. Gavin Campbell, Jay Cleveland Payne, Jim Shoemaker, John Biggs, John Larson, Justin Simmons, and then just Kevin, because Kevin's the cool. He's actually one of our newest ones. Kevin Schoonover, MB Gilbertson, Malcolm Lacey, Mark Robson, Michael Ray, Michael uh, or Mike Weger, Nathaniel Lindley, uh, Steve Sleeper over there at the North uh, the North Omaha podcast, Paul Brand, who was on last week, Peter Dennerett, Ryan Kirshner. Guys, thank you for your your patronage. That's super helpful to us podcasters to be able to have those kinds of funds available when these kinds of things happen. So you you guys supported the show. I appreciate that. Heather, we're, today we're going to talk a little bit about, not a little bit, we're going to talk a little, no, a lot bit about your off-grid experience. But right now on YouTube, there's a gigantic off-grid culture of people posting the stuff they're doing off-grid. And most of it, from, and I'm, I'm fascinated by it, by the way. I watch, there's a couple, Jesse and Alyssa, they're in Idaho. They're doing an off-grid, debt-free home. And I watch them. They put a show out every couple days and I watch them all the time. But there, I hate to say this, there's a little bit of a, there's kind of a little bit of a anti-government or anti, uh, like I want to get away from the world stigma that's attached to a lot of these off-grid. And when I met you, you're not that way at all. And yeah. so let's let's kind of just start, tell me the story a little bit. How did you end up, because you, you were building a house, how did you end up off-grid and, and why did you do it that way? So it was never the plan to go off the grid in the beginning. And in 2009, I was looking at building a house and I had the section and I had the plans for the house and pretty much most of the materials and was building it sort of in our spare time. And then it got to the point where we needed like the bank to get on board so we could carry on with the project and the power company to give us a quote so that we could pull that together. And um, they gave us a really high price and it was just out of the ballpark and the bank wouldn't budge and give us the extra to to help us get grid connected um it was going to take a transformer we'd have to buy a transformer for the power company to install and then get cables run under the road and up to our property which is about 250 meters from the road so it's not that far and there i can from my house i can see the power cables that go past <laughs> but i'm just that's, not connected to them that's got to be frustrating yeah yeah so it was it was purely a financial hey we're, we're going to build this house as you guys started digging in, literally started digging into the to all the stuff, and 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 the, the power company's like, well, hey, sorry, uh, it's just going to be really expensive to get power to you. So what what did you? I mean, so walk me through. I, that certainly had to be an interesting discussion that you had to when you started. Like, oh, you know, so before you kind of have the plan that you have now. What, what, how did the discussion go about how are we going to do this? Did you ever, at one point did you ever think about quitting and just being like, screw it, let's go do something different or walk it me through that a little bit. Kind of a catch 22. We were already quite heavily invested in the build project anyway. So either way we had to make something work and it was just like, well, we could keep trying to jump through hoops for the bank and have it go on for a very long time. Or we could look at what else there was and, we're pretty entrepreneurial people anyway, and so kind of interested in what our alternatives were and sort of thought, well, you know, what we've got the option to go off the grid, uh, set up our own system, have a look what that requires. And I knew very little about it to, be, to begin with, honestly. I, I knew that what solar panels were, but it's not a big thing here, and it's, it's still not a big thing here. There's a lot of grid-tied systems where people sort of, the power company will come in and install something, and then they sell their power back to the grid. But they don't really have to work out 
too much of how they're going to live their life and manage what happens when they have a power cut because if their power cuts out they've got no power at all anyway <laughs> yeah um, yeah you don't have a backup right there's no yeah, backup power backup. yeah no uh, did you did you consider a full-time generator uh into the process in spending or or you know going a kind of kind of a combination of generator and solar or maybe you're in that situation right now I am. So we thought solar panels would be the best, but I make the disclaimer that I don't live in the most sunshine houred place in New Zealand. In fact, last year we recorded the lowest sunshine hours for the whole of New Zealand, which is terrible. <laughs> uh, but it was, we've, we've got a section which is really clear and it has access to the sun, like the majority of the year, although we live sort of by a hill. So the solar panel was a way to capture that. And then we have, we've got the battery bank to store it. But then also we realized we were going to be starting small and building up our system over time. And so the backup generator was always part of the plan, which we had for the build anyway. So we used that and thrashed it till it died and killed another mm. one. And we were on to our third one now. <laughs> what What do you think's going wrong? I mean, is it just they're not designed to run to those capacities? Or why do you think you're going through so many of them? One had already had a long life before it started being a backup yes. generator. So that where that one went the second one wasn't an appropriate one either it was a it was a second hand one and yeah didn't have enough capacity and our system grew and we didn't replace the generator the third one we're on to now is a 6 kva one which is better it's not uh you still have to watch what you ch sort of turn on when it's charging the batteries at the same time but it's a lot better and it's a the first two were petrol run ones and this one is a diesel generator and it's apparently supposed to be silent but it's still quite noisy <laughs> no they all are there's no there's no way around that on the big ones i was a generator mechanic in the military so i worked around a ton uh very loud um i'm i'm very fortunate i still have my hearing because they are loud they also make a high-pitched sound that if you're around them very long will will ruin your um your hearing did you okay so um, I want to talk about some of the technology around the solar here, but before we do that, you know, when you when you get on a mixed system and you don't have a solid backup, right? Because you've struggled off and on with the generator. It's worked sometimes, it hasn't. I'm sure those times when it went down, you had to, there were weeks until you got the next one. How does that change your lifestyle? Because we're, I think 99% of us who listen to the, to, or listening to the show are kind of used to, for the most part, you know, that we always have a power outage from time to time. Every couple of years you have a power outage. And so you kind of, well, I had one for four days this last summer. That was brutal. Um, but living with potentially spotty power, right? So when you're on the, when you're using solar panels and you have a battery and it gets cloudy, because wind, is wind an option for you at all? Can you, could you put wind? Um, uh, possibly, yeah. but in the, what you get out of a, a solar, uh, wind turbine for where I am, I'm in a high wind zone. So whether or not I could run it all the time anyway, it would be good in the times when the sun isn't there, but you do have a breeze, but it's the maintenance involved in one of those. Plus we also have to get a permit to have one, whereas I don't need a permit to have the solar panels. But on that note, because we didn't choose to go just a generator to run our power, my power doesn't cut out for very long times. Like it will cut out, but I can then either use the generator to power it back up or wait a couple of hours and the sun will come back up yeah. or out. Um, in the wintertime when it's kind of like longer periods where it's cloudy and overcast and raining and all of that, then the generator will run then. And we had a moment when the, between generators, when it took a while for the next one to come, but 
we still had you have patchy weather even though you've got patchy power so it doesn't it's not that long that you're off 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 the grid with no power yeah and so batteries are the main source right everything's drawn off the batteries and then the solar panels are charging batteries and the generator charges the batteries is that the way it works so um but you were talking in pre-show we were doing or not pre-show but i would i did a pre-call with you and you were saying you know there have been times where you might you have to be careful about when you choose to run the dishwasher because that takes an enormous amount of energy and so are there other you know planning for that so as you think about having to plan for this power draw do you spend do you feel like you spend a lot of time thinking about running things in certain order cuz i we don't the the washing machine could be running and we could be running the dryer right next to it and we'd be running the dishwasher upstairs we don't care right it's just drawing power do you have to think about the order in which you run stuff all day every day that's what i do it's my job so it depends what the weather forecast is for today depends what i want to get done if i've got a ton of washing to get done well that might just have to wait until another time i have forgotten and kind of thought oh, yeah, i'll pop the dishwasher on its fill in the afternoon and then cut the power out because there hasn't been quite enough or in the winter time when the sun disappears at about three o'clock you can't run the dishwasher in the afternoon i can't run a load of washing through the washing machine at night time because i'm not making any power and yeah, so I think about it all the time. I've got a little mate unit which sits on the wall in my kitchen dining area and that tells me how much voltage the batteries have got. And that's what I base my planning around. Yeah. And so is it, what kind of readout, what, what does it give you? Does it give you like an amperage or what, what does it give you that you start calculating in your head? It used to give us what was coming into the batteries from the solar panels as well as the voltage. It now just gives us the voltage because we've kind of changed how it's connected. We need a, a different hub unit in order to get both readings from our regulator. But so it tells me, like I tweeted earlier today, I had 27.4 volts. So to me, that means I've got plenty of power. The batteries are probably floating by then because it was midday. And yeah, I should have. What does that power. mean? When you say floating, what does that mean? You've said that a couple of times, but what does that mean? Yeah. So the batteries are fully charged and the solar power that's coming in will trickle charge or keep them floating. Like not Got it. you're using power off the solar panels now, not off the batteries. Okay. And can there be some power that just gets in, in a high, when it's really sunny and you're not using any power and the batteries are charged? Does that, does that energy just go away if it's over what, if there's nothing else to charge and you're not using it? Yeah, it would just. Yeah, just goes away. Just, yeah. Yeah. You're overcharging at that point. It's, it's, well, and I, and I bet you when you think about that, those moments, you're like, oh, you know, because there, there's probably, probably plenty of moments when you'd love to have that extra power. Yeah. It, it doesn't overcharge them because otherwise right. that would deteriorate the batteries. But right. like you're, you're technically wasting it because you're not using it. But so those days when it's super sunny and you're not at home and you feel like, I'm wasting all of this power. I can't do all of the things that I want to do. And I had a, I actually talk about in the show, I had a casual job where I was on call and they'd ring me up and go, hey, can you work today? And I got to the point where they were asking me quite regularly. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't think I can turn up because it's so sunny. I need to do stuff at home. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just such a different way of thinking because, um, you know, we, we, we are used to, if you're on the grid, you're just kind of used to setting your schedule around other things and yeah. the sunshine for you is a, is an important, you know, you're like, okay, this, if it's going to be a sunny day today, I want to get the dishwasher done. I want to wash the clothes, right? You, you kind of have that. That's kind of what's rolling through your head. Yeah. So apparently there are things like smart meters, which will sort of 
they can turn things on at certain times depending on how much voltage you have. I just don't have one of those at this point because we haven't got that far. Yeah. 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 Have you, do you use any other tech, any other planning tech when you're thinking about that exercise of trying to regulate? Um, and I'm not talking about the, the the actual hardware on the solar panels or the battery, but have you deployed any, kind of, any other kind of planning tech to help you kind of figure out what you're going to do during the day or keep track of things? Do you keep spreadsheets of, of stuff to help you out with that? Or is there any, any, any other tech that helps there? I follow the weather the weather reports and actually our Met service in New Zealand are going to release a solar kind of rating as part of their forecast, which I think will be really interesting. And they also wanted to help give out some other information from the data that they collect to help people. So I don't necessarily do it myself. I've got a lot of other things on my plate and I, I mean, the inverter um, charge controller in the garage, it will, I can see a history of what I've made in the past and then, yeah, just kind of in my head collate that with what the forecast is due to be. Yeah, there's some smart data that comes in that is being collected for you. Do you download that and kind of roll through to make sure your panels are getting the max output? I know a lot of solar, uh, these guys I watch on YouTube are really crazy about their solar panels. Do you watch that on a fairly regular basis to make sure you're getting maximum input? The unfortunate thing is that hub that we're not we don't have is what would help that would help facilitate that, and I'd just be able to plug it in with like an Ethernet cord. Uh, but at the time when we bought the charge controller and the inverter charger, it was a lot of money, and it was the software on top of it. So I haven't gone that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, you need a few a few more Patreon subscribers to help you out. <laughs> And, uh, and and maybe contribute to the fund because um, uh, it's it is um, solar is I, I think you're all in or you're you're not using it uh, is what I've seen from the solar videos that I've watched. We would love here in Nebraska. I would have loved to put solar. I have the perfect house for solar. I have a flat roof that faces south that is at the right pitch that has sun in the summer all day. There's no trees blocking it. It's amazing. It bakes. Um, in fact, I ruin shingles faster than anything because it bakes so hot. It gets so hot up there. Now, I won't do it because we're moving and, and there's no there's not very good incentives here in the United States. It's getting better. Nebraska is not. We're progressive in some things, but we have not been progressive on solar power. And so they're in some states, they give in tax incentives and some of those things. And, and at a 15 or 20 year payoff mark, uh, it just doesn't make sense here yet in the state of Nebraska. You're not doing it because of a of a payoff, you're doing it for all intents and purposes because you need the power. Did you, when you, when you, when you went into that, there was a, a charge to get the power run, you know, under and to you. And then 12 solar panels that you have are not cheap either. If you go out to Heather's website. So if you go out to, um, if you go out to sunshine and powercuts.com, there's, and you scroll down a little bit, there's a picture of her solar panels um, looks on, on top of the roof. That's not, that's a pretty expensive um, investment too, but it had to be cheaper than running power, I take it. Oh yeah. So the the $30,000 that was the estimate just to get connected didn't include probably the line fees after that or the pa ongoing power bill. So uh, the panels were expensive. The, the We bought one to start with and that was quite expensive, but it came down in price by the time we got the next two and then built on after that. So the prices come down. They are expensive, but I haven't spent $30,000 in six years. So for all of the system plus running costs plus maintenance, yeah. So it was definitely cheaper in, in the long run. Yeah. And and did you kind of put them on in, in progression? So you start with one and then 
buy a second and connect it into the system? Or did you get two and you're like, man, we need six and I'm just going to buy these things. How'd that go? First, it was one just to see how it would work and to see if we kind of needed to bail and do something else and get connected to the grid. Then it was two to add it. So we had a, a series of three and then we added three, uh, another three, which makes six and then the rest in one go. So we bought the last six at the end. However, that works out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, okay, we're in. Let's get this thing. Let's buy them. Have, and the prices have been dropping f- uh, fairly yeah, good for you. And when like the last six that you bought, do you feel like those were priced pretty pretty well? Um, Compared to the first one, they definitely were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, yeah. Uh, and for a, like they're 200 watts each. So they're not, I don't know if they're the, the, a big panel, but they're big enough and for the price point. Yeah, the ones I've looked at are 100 watt, and those seem to be the ones that are pretty common for campers and for folks that are going out. Um, you know, I don't know. You Do you have a feeling then, like, so do you know by appliance how many watts the appliance takes running at full speed? Do you do that calculation each time you start it, or how, how does that work? So you can see on the mate unit what it's drawing off the power. It kind of has a bit of a threshold, though. So there's a lot of phantom power things that use power, but it won't register quite on that mate unit. But um, I, we've had three fridge freezers or three fridges that were hand-me-down ones and very inefficient in power. So last year, I think it was, we ended up looking at what our best option for an efficient fridge was that had a freezer on it. And the LG came, they had one which was four and a half star energy rated, which here translates to 299 kilowatt hours per year, which is fairly low. And it, we put it in and it made a huge difference because that first day we had power the next day. Like it wasn't sucking all of the power overnight. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah we bought, um, uh, Belkin makes a, a, a power device, reader device monitor. You plug it in and then it's got a wire that runs up and you got a little, you could do this now on a smartphone. Many of these smart, do you have any, so have you done any, um, have you added any home automation to monitor the power of anything that you got going on there? No, not, not nothing yet. I don't, I don't tend to run a lot at, at this at one time anyway. So it's kind of, we just went with the whole be conservative and use as less as possible. And then, yeah, I know what the, I can see what is coming out from the little mate unit, which is just a rough a rough number. When you're podcasting, do you have to shut everything down to, to kind of make it work? Or do you have some pretty efficient PC stuff there? Yeah, it's not. The the PC and the, the interface and all of that aren't very much. It would be if I had a bunch of visitors here and they started like hopping in the shower or they wanted to turn the dishwasher on, I wouldn't know from here what they're doing. So I'd have to like <laughs> tell them to go away, <laughs> do something else while I'm, while I'm podcasting. Don't so shower. <laughs> don't shower while I'm podcasting. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I would, I would think we had, um, so we, we bought this device to kind of measure. I really bought it cause I was doing some crypto mining and I wanted to see what the extra power it was drawing, but I put it on our fridges and yeah, we had this old fridge and it was costing us. I did it kind of in terms of dollars per year. And uh, we had a fridge that was running, it was super expensive. And I started to look at the energy star ratings that you get. And, you know, we basically replaced it with a fridge that does the exact same thing that runs on about yeah. a fourth or a fifth of what the old fridge was. So in some cases, getting a hand-me-down device in your case that it's old, but it was free, may be a bigger problem, a bigger financial problem in the long run than buying something new that's more energy efficient. Is that kind of the way you see it? 
Yeah, it was worth the investment buying the more energy efficient fridge. It wasn't worth going through hand-me-down ones. No matter how free they were, they were still expensive. Yeah, and I bet your generator is probably in the, that's probably the fits in the same. They're not they're not cheap, but that probably fits yeah. in the same boat. Getting that getting the right generator. Do you find with the solar panels? So they're finicky in the sense that if they get dirty or if anything is covering up any of the cells, they don't work very well. Do you, do you find you have to be constantly cleaning them? Oh, yeah, so I live in a really great place that has a lot of pollen and we've gone through spring and summertime now. So it's getting out there, washing them with a mop or a soft cloth to keep them to keep them free. And it does make a huge difference when they are clear. You might not have trees shading them, but the pollen sticks on and definitely hinders what comes in. Yeah, yeah. Is it, do you feel safe on the roof? Having to, did, you, did you put any safety things in to make it more comfortable getting up there and mopping these things off? As part of the learning experience, we put the very first three on the end of our house roof and we realized that that's not the best place to clean solar panels from. It's not easy to get up there and yeah, like the safety thing. So the rest of the panels, which you'll see in that picture on my website, are actually on the shed roof. So you can reach them from the ground. You don't have to get, climb up on anything to be able to clean them. Yeah, I'm actually going to, um, let's just pop in. Uh, let me let me kick this over to the live yeah. um, so folks can see it. So. This is uh this is a great picture. The three, like you mentioned, on the house originally, is that like a, a sh that's a shed that you have? That did you buy the shed purpose or did you make the shed purposely so it could, you could put solar panels on it? Built the shed purposely. Yeah, I mean, it, so the gener the generator is housed in that shed, yeah. and it's also where we store our firewood because the generator is quite warm and it dries out the firewood really well. Oh, there you go. So the shed has three purposes. It how it puts you, you can get the solar panels on it, and I imagine there's a right pitch that that roof needs yeah. to be at right uh, for, yeah. for the panels and then it houses the generator and then it keeps the firewood and when you run the generator it dries out the firewood that's a pretty awesome a pr pretty awesome combo does it get really cold in the winter do you have to deal with heat and and that stuff do you have to keep a lot of firewood on on um site yeah we do because that's that was the main way that we heated our hot water as well so in the winter, it doesn't get freezing cold here. It doesn't really snow. We have had one snow in the whole time I've been here, but we need the firewood to heat the hot water. And we've got a wood fire, which is a wet back as well as an oven. And so it's quite awkward because it's a small firebox too. So the firewood can't just be massive chunks of wood. You have to cut them up quite small and then put them in. But it does, it's like most of the things that we have, it's multi-purpose. So it does the heating, the house, it heats the hot water and it will cook food in it and on top. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this, and so are you keeping that fire going all the time? But not this summer because we have actually had sunshine. So that excess power that would have got lost generally, we have been using the electric hot gotcha. water cylinder, which has been great. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. To light the fire. No, that's another great way. I mean, taking that extra energy and, and you could store it in water, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you we thought? We didn't start with that to start with, though, because that was quite, because the hot water cylinder is a huge draw. It's the biggest power suck our house has. Yeah. And so we didn't set that up. We we literally only had the wet back for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Did you think about, um, too, geothermal? And have you, and that's super expensive in itself, but did you think about it? And then two, did you think about going with heating hot water off the roof as well? You've already got these panels up there. Could you have used the sun to heat hot water that way? Part of that, though, is it still requires the water to get pumped around the system. So that, again, uses power. So no. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> that's an easy, that's an easy, no, Sorry. I know. Yeah. Those, those, um, those are also, um, those kind of show up now, I think with a lot of solar devices is yeah. people are heating at least a portion of their water. Um, we're also seeing super efficient tanks where this water can be stored. And basically you can, you know, you can take the energy out of the sun, put it in storage and save it for long periods of time to use that hot water in another time. No, that, that's pretty cool. How much, um, so you've been on the grid since 2011, or you've been off the grid since 2011. So where you're in your seventh year, uh, something like that going into your eighth year. Would you do it all over again? If you, if, if you, you know, if you could go back, would you do it again? That's a good question. And I got asked earlier this week, if I got paid, like if the power company came to me and said, would, if we gave you $30,000 and connected you, you to the grid, would you take it? And I wanted to say yes. Um, for where I am right now, I wouldn't want to lose the independence that I have to be able to, you know, get my power back online and have that taken away when I get connected to the grid. Because there was talk here that they were talking about like a solar tax, which then they'd charge you for being connected and, and solar tied as or well. Not being connected, right? I mean, at this point, would they? Would you be subject to that tax? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. So, but it was if you were putting it back into the grid, uh, and. Yeah, I it's it would be a lot easier. It would be totally a lot easier, but it's been part of the journey now. And so unless I move from here, I probably Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to if I was going to do it again and go completely off the grid, I'd need to live somewhere with maximum sunshine hours to take that one thing away that I don't have right now. Yeah. 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 It's a tough decision, right? I mean, now you're kind of used to it. Have yeah. you um, you know, you've come up with all these ways, right? You and it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of um, monitoring. It sounds like so you're always kind of thinking like we never think about like is the power not going to be there? Like it, you know, I run all this. You know, in the last couple months, we've gotten into a lot of crypto mining, and I'm running four GPUs at 150 watts each. I mean, there's your that's your really bad refrigerator. Right there, yeah. right? That, yeah. that draw running 24-7. I don't think I don't think twice about it, right? I don't even that it doesn't even come to mind. Um, but yet you guys have to think about that um, you know, constantly. It's like, okay, it's gonna be sunny tomorrow. Do I need to plan for some things? So it's just a it's a little bit of a, a different way of, you know, kind of thinking about the way we consume power and the way we use it. And, you know, it, in your podcast, so you're talking about this in your podcast quite a bit. Have you gathered folks that are trying to do the same thing? And how, how is that helping you uh, in your pot? How's that helping you? And then how are you helping others? I know of some people who are in the Valley here who are off the grid also. And that's my goal for this year is to kind of connect with them. I didn't really think about this whole sharing this whole experience until last year. So I, we've got friends who live on um, remote islands like Great Barrier Island, and they're completely off the grid with mainly the generator option not really the solar power and so i had that experience with people and it's nice to have someone who knows what you're going through as well and then also i'm part of some facebook groups with some off-grid people and i'm thinking about reaching out to them more this year it's kind of for me though each person's story is very different how you, what your system is and what your uh what your purpose for it is or what your household setup is is going to be different anyway so I kind of, it's nice knowing that other people are doing it, but I kind of don't, I'm not 
that connected with it, if that makes sense yet, but I want to be. I want to reach out to more people who are off the grid also. Yeah. Um, there's a couple questions. I wasn't watching, even though I said I was, I wasn't watching the YouTube chats. <laughs> so if you're you're watching this, I covered that with a screen when I was doing the Patreon, guys. Um, there's a question, Heather, what are you doing to save energy or reduce energy consumption? It's kind of a big deal here in Germany. Um, our German friends are have actually, I think, have led the way in um, really energy efficient. You know, they're using solar way better than the United States. Their homes are built way better than ours here are in the United States. Did did you um, uh, did you build the home differently, knowing it is going to need to be more energy efficient because all that counted, or did did that sort of that change any decision making? We changed the roof pitch to make sure it was 25 degrees and angled it so that it was um, facing due north for the solar panels. But like I said before, we had a house plan already on the site, so it wasn't specifically designed eco-friendly or anything like that. However, we've got double glazed windows and really good insulation um, and, yeah, it lets a lot of light in and the, this... The only there's only a small part of the house that's south facing, so the whole house stays fairly warm all year round. So I guess kind of, but it was also just luck of the draw that the plan happened to kind of be like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not in, intentional. And then um, to Helge's questions, did you are you in the years that you've been doing this, have there like like you mentioned with the fridge, have there been other decisions that you've made with technology where you're going to gain some energy efficiency and you chose that specifically because you're in this situation? So one of the main things was working out how we weren't going to cook food. And I decided that the best option was we weren't going to be able to build a system big enough to cope with an electric oven. So we got did a lot of research to find a full gas hobs and oven, which was quite hard. We ended up there. There's only two options. One of them was quite narrow. So we got the slightly larger one, which possibly had less features. I don't know. But the fact that it was fully gas and didn't, didn't take it away from that power. And then... In terms of other devices, we had a, we've still got the same TV that we had before we built the house, and that really needs to change because you don't want to sit there watching a movie and then have it cut out the power on you because <laughs> it's such. What a, kind of TV it is it? Happen. It's just I think it's just a no name brand from like way back in the day, and it's not it's not a smart TV or anything like that. Yeah. So it, yeah, it uses a lot. Yeah, I um, so I imagine. And, you know, you would start looking at labels, you know, much like when you're shopping, when you're on a diet and you're shopping for food. I imagine now every piece of equipment you bring into the house gets an Energy Star inspection, right, of some kind? Yeah. yeah. So the washing machine, the washing machine we had died. And so it was looking a lot harder at what the um, kilowatts uh, hours per year rating on that was when I bought the interface I had to see how much power roughly that would be using just because it's not a big draw but it's just something else that adds to the system and then it's because we've brought some of the appliances in with us anyway it's when replacing them when it looks when we look into the details more and light bulbs uh, making sure we've got LED light bulbs that use very little power. Yeah have you let's just talk about that because I think light bulbs I mean we have changed <laughs> Um, the light bulb industry has gone through two major revolutions for CFL to get away from incandescent and now uh, all um, LED lighting that's out there. And so do you look down to the light? Like, do you have a favorite light that you use because it has the lowest possible wattage compared to the light 
the luminous value of it. I'm not a, I'm not a light expert, but do you, do you get down to that kind of level where you're thinking about? Yeah, and I don't it. actually know what the brand of the the light bulb is, but I will look that up because that's interesting. We there was some that came out sort of very early on in about 2009, and they were you know, raging about how great they were in energy efficiency LED ones. But if and we found, in fact, oh, and cool to touch, so they didn't get hot when you when you touch them. They had like a vent thing on the on the base of them, but they actually exploded. They, <laughs> I don't know quite what happened, but the, whether nice. it was a manufacturing fault, but they didn't do very well. And I think they've pulled them off the market now anyway. So that's been interesting. And we didn't go for down lights or things like that. We were originally we thought about going a twelve volt system. I don't know how I would have been able to cope, to be honest, with that. <laughs> <We've>, <laughs> Why? Because it's then a voltage drop over the over the cabling, and I've got a standard size house, so that would be incredibly a big challenge. So we went with the sort of New Zealand standard, which is two thirty to two forty volts, and just the off grid stuff is right up until the switchboard, and then from there it's standard right. power. Right. Yeah. I um I was just looking at lights, so I had a light. I'm using, I still have some old CFL lights. I have five. I have this like spider web of, you know, lights that I can move around in the studio and I just put CFL and they're actually a really warm color. And then I've got the CFL um, studio lights that sit in front of me that, that give the really white light that I need for the, the camera. Um, and I had one burnout. And so I was thinking, okay, well, it's maybe it's time to switch those five over and CFL will last forever. Right. Okay. And they were, you know, incandescent burned it you know, so let's just say 60 watts. And then with CFL, we got that down to 24 to 18, somewhere in there. And now these LEDs are getting into the, the eight, six, four, right. In that, in that range. And uh, so I started looking at them today. So I was, I was online at Amazon comparing the watt, you know, the actual wattage output. And I thought never in my life have I ever sat down and w spent that much time picking a light bulb. But I would imagine for you, that's a, that's a guy, it's gotta be pretty, you gotta get, if you're going to put a bunch of light bulbs in the house, the more savings you can get per light bulb, right? The better, better off yeah. you are. Yeah. Cause they're the ones that have the fan phantom drawer, the low thing that just trickles away and eats away because it keeps the inverter engaged, which is what will then suck most of the power back. It's the same with the garage door. I have an automatic garage door opener, which is turned off mostly because I don't put my car, like park my car in there. Um, it's a storage unit really at the moment. But so that has to be turned off because otherwise the phantom power of that will then kind of suck away at the inverter and then waste our power. So have you thought about, there's a bunch of smart plugs now. Now those probably have phantom power associated with them too. So you're probably not getting, but um, have you thought through maybe, you know, there's some home automation pieces where it will tell the plugs when to come on. Again, they have to, you, you're probably not, you're replacing one form of phantom with another, I take it, right? Yeah. yeah. So literally our idea was to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah. And I'm not against home automation. I think that's incredibly amazing what it can do. But yeah, just the way we've built our system, it kind of makes sense to have things pretty basic. Yeah, I almost want like an old school timing switch that yeah. runs off a spring. <laughs> so you wind it up and then at certain times of the day, it turns on those phantom power units so yeah, that you I can have them on when you need them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody needs to invent that because <laughs> you're you're right uh, in the sense that I haven't thought all this, this all the way through, but you're right. We don't, an, another us on gridders, 
never think about the like all these home automation devices are drawing a trickle charge because they have to stay present. On. Yeah. Right. They have to stay on and present so that when you get on your cell phone and tell, uh, you know, tell that Amazon device mm -hmm. to turn off the upstairs lights because you forgot to do that. All that requires a little bit of fan and power you know, to, to be able to get that to run. that That's interesting. So you've really chosen then from home automation, you're like, mm, it needs, it's going to be a f on or off, right? It's going to be yeah. a switch. Yeah. I think just because we built, we went really small, started small and built onto it. So that hasn't quite come into the feature yet. And the system we still have isn't uh, powerful enough to cope incredibly comfortably. That's why I have to keep monitoring it all the time. But if we did get to the point where it was big enough, then it might be interesting to look at what those features are, especially for the summertime when we've got that, you know, excess power there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Interesting. I, it gets me thinking like, okay, what are some of the solutions? Do you, um, I take it, do you have an air conditioning? Do you guys do air conditioning at all? Or does it, does it not get hot enough? Is that a problem? Or do you have some creative ways to do cooling in the summer? So I have pretty good, well-placed windows around the house. And I live in an area that's a high wind zone. So generally there's a breeze. The days when there's not, that's quite awful. Uh, but we haven't, we don't have an air conditioning unit. Uh, I do have an, uh, a fan unit, though, that's not a heating or cooling. And it just kind of sucks air from inside to filter it through a um, an allergy filter because I get really bad hay fever. Oh, so yeah. in the summertime when it's really hot and all the pollens are out, I kind of need a bit of filtered filtered air, but that hasn't been part of our system for very long. And it's not too bad on the, I'm not sure what the wattage on that is, but it, it can run overnight. So that's, that's handy. Did you, um, did you consider putting a whole, uh, do you have a whole house fan that draws? Did you consider putting something like that in or, or any, any kind of, air movement through the house because you knew um we partly know, you, thought about thought about it to take the hot air from the fireplace which is in our living area and then we because we were using that really regularly to heat the hot water to pump that hot air into like the bathrooms or somewhere like that to kind of dry those areas out but didn't get far enough with it whether it was because there wasn't something that would actually work with our system we've built houses for other people we're building as our business um, outside of living off the grid. So we've built a house, which is kind of like a, a passive house, which has a whole unit that does all the air filtering and cooling and keeping it the right temperature and everything. But yeah, I think that was A, too expensive and B, just still a high draw on the power. Yeah. You know, it, 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 I'm a little bit in, you know, we'd say a little bit of a tree hugger in the sense that I always, I'm always kind of thinking about how can I make things more efficient? Now, I use that term very loosely because I waste a lot of energy. But that being said, I always, I, I think in your situation, you're constantly thinking about the energy that is leaving the system. So the hot water, you run some hot water and it exits the house and you're like, you know what? It took energy to get that water to this temperature. And then I just let it out of the house. Like it's gone. I can't reuse it. And I, you know, for me, I was thinking, in the years we had a pool, uh, it just drove me crazy that I would spend money to heat that pool. And I'm like, you know, how do I run the water in the pool through a cylinder that's hooked to the dryer so that when I'm running yeah. the dryer, that excess heat uh, helps and it's not going to be full time. I drive myself, Heather, I drive myself crazy thinking of all these cockamamie schemes where like, hey, so if I did this, I mean, you know, we're running all these 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 cryptocurrency devices here. I've got these hard drives and I've got this GPU. 
I got this heat. Well, in the in the winter, it's great. It actually it adds to the cozy. to the heating here. But then you know, when summer comes along, it's like, oh crap, I'm gonna have to cool this. And so I start thinking of how could I create hoods that would vent, you know, where this heat could be vented to the outside, or you know, uh, install some kind of heat pump or something, you know, where you're like. How do I recapture? Do you find yourself thinking through those steps to make sure that you're the you're you're doing the most energy efficient thing all the time? We've thought about it. We haven't really implemented any of those, but one of the funny like we've had funny ideas that we thought this would be cool if and one of them was like getting an exercise bike and hooking it up to the generator so that we could help out and get some exercise and generate power without, you know, using fuel. Uh, haven't got that far with that one. Yeah, but it's not. Also, it's not very. I checked into it too. It's not. It doesn't give you very much power. No, no <laughs> not even a light bulb. You'd get more exercise as of out of it. Exercise out of it than power. But yeah, the, and heat. You get more heat from your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so we haven't really made the most of those kinds of things because we're still trying to. Uh, this is. I don't mean to degrade my experience, but it's not. Like it's, we're still trying to do things fairly regularly like everybody else. So yeah, I don't have, I'm not doing homesteading, so I don't have a vegetable garden party because I don't like gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, we are rural anyway. So <laughs> I, I take my hat off to those people because that's incredible what they do. And I think being self-sufficient is awesome. Uh, but we live rurally, so we have access to eggs and fresh milk and things like that. Yeah. But just, I don't, I don't do it here. Yeah. And then with the septic system to help with the wastewater that we have out of the house, we thought of in the beginning doing a a worm a worm system. So there's like mm-hmm. la- layers of worms and they kind of biodegrade it all and being sort of eco-friendly in that sense. But the company that made them kind of went under and so we, that kind of squashed that idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard. That stuff, these systems, what I, from what I'm understanding, they are hard and they require a ton of maintenance. And you got to be, you know, you, you, you said the term homesteading, which is another really big popular thing that's going on right now on YouTube. And um, I'm watching, you know, the effort that these people go into to get, you know, to turn this waste into that and then use this waste to get this. And then, you know, the, the flies and the worms and the, you know, all the, the, and, and, and again, I, Hey, that's, that's the way that people want to do that. I, man, that is a ton of work. And sometimes I wonder, do, do you, how do you, maybe they don't have full-time jobs because it would seem like it's running a farm from here yeah. in the United States a hundred years ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I, I, there's, I saw, read an article a while ago from a New Zealand couple who live in another region and they were, they had full-time jobs apparently, but the size of their plot was smaller. So they could sort of, they had like a, um, a small veggie plot and we're doing things on a sort of small scale and being able to do that kind of homesteading thing. But yeah, that's a whole other kettle of fish. And I think what's kind of a challenge, I haven't experienced it so far with the podcast, but I think I will as, as the audience kind of grows that there is a, it's not straightforward to understand what I mean when I say I'm off the grid, cause I'm on solar power. I'm not completely cut off. Otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> cause I wouldn't have the internet and I wouldn't have a computer and all that kind of stuff. So I think, there's lots of different ideas and ideals of what off the grid is and what it means. So yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. And you're kind of in this kind of halfway you're doing, you're, you have to do some of it, but you're not, you're yeah. choosing not to do other things. Uh, Steven in the chat room says he's been thinking a lot about a lot now about um, his PC running at night. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I should, he should probably have it shut off um, for, for both longevity, but you know, a lot of updates come in overnight and some of those things. How, what do you, how do you guys handle that? I think if he's connected to the grid though, you have peak and off peak times when your power company charges you for your power. So it's actually probably off peak at nighttime, which is just one thought. Um, I am a night owl, so I do a lot of work at nighttime too when I'm not making any power, but that isn't, I'm not running as much as you are probably. So I'm not yeah. drawing that much off my power, but yeah. Yeah. Do you have, and do you have a PC or do you have a laptop? Yes. A P- okay. Well, I've got a PC and a laptop. and So the laptop has got its own battery. Right. And yeah. it, it charges. And that would, to me, that would seem to be the one that you could always default back to and get extra time out of. Um, it's going to trickle charge too. Uh, when, when the power is most plentiful, it's going to charge. And then when it's not available or under low power conditions, you could run that thing off the battery and, and do it that way. I would, there's also some really good UPS batteries that could get you, uh, you know, anywhere from a half an hour to an hour of extra time, assuming you're going to run at night, you would run out, you could run them off the UPS. It's not great. And they're not the most powerful things in the world, but um, that, that could give you some extra. I, that's another thing I've got. I don't, I never shut my PCs off and I'm sure I'm wasting. Now I have two PCs running full time because they're mining. Uh, and we we'll actually have three. We have nine in the house. There's no way I could live. I could not live in your system, Heather. It no. would not work for me. No. no, it would not work. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I, I do feel at times, like I said, I'd love to put a solar system in to help augment, right? Um, if, if I could. Um, Emily I says, be- yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I just think that would be great if it was the, it was more incentive to do it because there are lots of roof spaces, and you know, there's that missed opportunity that people could have solar panels and put it back onto the grid. Yeah. Emily says that's where the gadget market is lacking right now. Make it easier to garden. She's awful <laughs> at it. And you know what? There, in some ways, they're right. There are some there are some great tech gadgets that are coming out for gardening. Um, I need one. <laughs> um, she later says in the chat room, "I finally kept a plant alive for more than six months. It's a cactus. I um I need water sensors, and and I've actually switched over for the house plants." to a device, you know, it's got a, um, it's got a, a, a pointy thing on the end and you screw a, a soda bottle onto it and you fill up the soda bottle, you turn it over, you stick it in and it slowly waters it because I, I just, I overwatered everything and then it would run all over the place and I was just an idiot about it. And then I, or I'd forget. So every Saturday now I walk around the house, I pull out the soda bottles, I fill them back up with water. That's kind of a sneaker tech, um, yeah. to get that done. But I would, for me, um, I'd love, and you're not gardening, so, but I think there's some tech and I think we have this for lawns and stuff that give some ability to, to say, Hey, the ground is this dry, turn on your, you know, your irrigation system. Um, I also think for you, if you were doing more gardening that way, you would probably want to find a way to capture that wastewater, um, that gray water and divert that, um, both roof. Are you doing anything? Are you collecting any water in, in any way? Or is that just going, is it just coming off the house and going into the ground? No, no. So um, out here, I don't. I'm not connected to any water mains or anything like that. So I have all of the water off my roof, and our sheds goes into a water tank that we have, which feeds the house. For sprinkling the lawn or irrigating or things like that, uh, we have the septic tank water actually goes out into a septic field, which fills us through our orchard and keeps that hydrated. And then we have a spring in the hill behind our house, which I then use to fill up the water troughs for the animals. Okay, so you are deploying some smart water yeah. 
um, usage. Are you using any tech in, in your water, um, in the way you move water around or store water or? The spring is up the hill, so we use gravity to feed it down to the troughs, and it's got a, one of those bullcock things that floats and will then yeah. kick in, yeah, and let it go. But other gravity that, is an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, sure yeah, is. that's. Um, you had mentioned a wet back water heater. Ken is asking, can can you give a little more? What's a wet back water heater? Can you give a little more clarity on that? So that's our wood fire. It's called a wet back because the water from the hot water cylinder runs through a pipe and gets heated from the heat of the of the fireplace. Okay. And uh, Chris Chris Carlson said his wife killed a cactus. I've I've actually killed many Christmas cactuses. I don't know if you're familiar with Christmas cactus. Um, no, not familiar. You know, it's it's um it it you put it in the dark and then you bring it out at Christmas time and it flowers red. So you have green and red, right? That's what we call those Christmas cactus. I've, and I've got one, it's actually about seven years old and I've been trying to kill it forever. And it just, it looks awful, but it keeps hanging around. And I keep, I keep telling my wife, maybe she had to do the plants, but she's like, no, you're doing fine. I'm like, they all look awful. I'm not doing fine. So it's, I used to be, I was a better gardener when I was younger. Uh, Scott, uh, says in a chat, he says, we found our AC unit tripled our power bill after last summer, even though we didn't have any more consumption over previous years. Looks like it's time for a replacement. Yeah, that we talked about that early in the program. These these de- these devices that go on long, they start getting inefficient, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's other questions. Anything else, Heather, as we think about... Should you think about gadgets or technology that you've deployed to help you? Anything we missed in this? We talked about a ton of stuff. Anything we missed? Mm, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, uh, if anyone has any questions afterwards, then yeah, let me know. Yeah. All of a sudden, your audio went really bad. I'm going to have okay. you. Do, yeah, no, no, no. I think it's just the, the, the connection. So do me a favor, drop and come back. That should fix it. And I'll, I will no, actually drop the hangout call and then jump back in here. And we'll see you uh, in here in a minute. In a minute. Um, it, you know, it is, guys, it is one of those things um, as we think about power savings energy. I, I so want to be better about just the energy. And then I do stupid things like cryptocurrency. You know, and you're like, oh, I know I'm burning. I, I can't tell you how many nights I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll go buy some solar panels so I can make up for just the energy I'm burning. And it's just ridiculous. Okay, Heather's back. How, how do we sound now? Give me a, give me a, yeah, that's about it. You are, yeah. It, it just, something went wrong on the network connection and it just started, um, it just started okay. doing some funky things. Yeah. Um, well, let's see if there's, yeah, go ahead. Though, like what you were saying at the beginning in our pre-chat is like, it's pretty incredible that I'm able to sit here in New Zealand and talk to you where you are. So I think that's amazing. Yeah. You know, as a, as a kid, I dreamt of a day where we could have these conversations. And I even remember in the early days of the internet, you know, 97, 98, where we do chat with other people in other countries. And I thought that was just fantastic. Like, cause you know, I grew up, I lived in Europe for quite a few years. And uh, letters, uh, that's how we talked. Uh, email was a letter and phone calls were a dollar a minute. And oh. so you were super careful, right, about who you called. And it was a big deal, right, to, to communicate. Yeah. And so when, when in the 90s, late 90s, when this technology started getting better, I thought, how cool would it be to have these conversations? So tonight we have you in New Zealand. 
uh, Rennie is my friend in Brisbane, Australia. Um, and I've, I see Ken out there. He's in Southern California. I'm in Omaha. Um, you know, we have got folks all around. Uh, um, Quasi is in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, we've got folks all around. Some of you, I don't know where you're at. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> a good thing. Um, and it's just amazing that we're connecting or having this chat. Oh, by the way, the chat, we have two chat rooms going on tonight. Um, there's one in the, uh, the, the YouTube chat and then chat wing is still working. Even though the live page didn't work, a few of you got on the chat wing chat before we got going. Uh, Steven is representing Canada. And one of the things on my, on my Gallup podcast, uh, one of the things that we do, maybe I'll institute that here. We get 30 or 40 people to listen live to the Gallup podcast. And I always have them check in where they're, you know, hey, check in. Let's see how long it takes us to go international. We'll have Canada check in. But I get Poland. We've had South Africa, you know. Um, uh, so it is one of those things that um, it's, a, it's amazing. Even with your, on, your off grid, we're having this. Yeah. We've, we've been able to podcast for an hour. And uh, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, and time zones and different dates and all of that good stuff. Yeah, see, now your sound went back to that. It's got this little, and I want, you don't think the grid is, or the, the your power is causing that, do you? No, I think it's probably the internet connection. Oh, let's try it one more time. Let's have you drop and we'll have you, we'll have you come back. Not a big deal, Heather. No, not a big deal. It's, it's one of the, uh, it's one of the, you know, with this kind of technology that we have, it's a miracle one that we can do it. And two, I'm never surprised when things go wrong. They just do, you know? And so it's, it, uh, it never surprises me when things go wrong. So let's try it one more time. How, how are you? Are you on? So what is your connection to the internet? Are you on satellite? Is that how it works? Yeah. I've got a little dish that sits on the roof and it's connected to like a wireless broadband connection thing. So what kind of, what kind of throughput do you get? What, what's your, (laughs) <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> that is a good question i didn't check and i yeah yeah no that's okay it's it's oh, it can't be very much i mean it's got to no. be pretty limited although we have a great signal from you we've had a great video signal from you with the exception of here towards the end um we've had great audio so yeah, it, it is the, the audio has been you, you asked me before the show you were like hey we're gonna need to, need to do a double ender yeah. And I was like, I don't usually make my guests do that. Thank you for asking. Um, uh, but uh, no, I think we're going to be good. And, I, you know, it's live, everybody. I love it. Um, so, okay. Well, let's see. Lots of good guys. Thanks for coming out, the ladies and gentlemen out there in the chat room uh, listening live. Thanks for coming out tonight. Heather, anything else you want to add? If, if folks want to find you, if they want to listen to your podcast, what is the absolute easiest way to find you? You can either go to the website, which is www.sunshineandpowercuts.com, and the podcast is on the Be Inspired page, and then there's another tab for subscribing, or you can find it on Podbean, which would be the next easiest way to go. Yeah, and if if they search uh, for Sunshine and Power Cuts, right, if they search for that in a podcatcher, they'll be able to download. How often do you you produce your podcast, and typically, what are you talking about in your podcast? So my podcast has two types of episodes, which alternate weekly. So I have a weekly release schedule on Sundays, New Zealand time. The first uh, episode is a sunshine episode where I kind of have learnings from my off-grid experience that are driven to, towards wellness. And then the 
alternate ones are power cut ones. The name of the show kind of lent itself really well to that, having the two opposing themes. And then the power cut ones, um, the actual stories are from off-grid life. Oh, that's great. And you, do you have guests or you read stories or how, how do you do that? At the moment, I'm just telling, sharing the stories that I have from my experience, but I am looking to get guests on for both Sunshine and Power Cut episodes. So oh, good. Re- reaching out. Good. If folks want to contact you, if they got some ideas or what's the best way to contact you? Probably on Twitter at SunPowerPod. SunPowerPod. I like that. Oh, very cool. Have you, um, you, you mentioned the well-being word and I think so we'll go out with this. When you say well-being, so, you know, we've, we've talked about all this off-grid stuff, but when you say well-being, what do you mean by that? What do you, what, what do you talk about? For me, it's like how you cope with different things. Well, well-being is your wellness. It's how happy and healthy and how you're thriving in life. And living off the grid, relying on the sun for power, I kind of had to be empowered by nature. I'm relying on the sun and the good weather to have power to do the things that I want. And so I kind of look for look to nature for more examples of of things to keep me motivated and and keep me chugging along. Yeah, uh, we can use a lot more of that in our lives. I think we get hurry and the hustle and the bustle and it can be overwhelming. Um, you know, we have uh, we have a whole group of students that are growing up with tons of, tons of anxiety because the on grid uh, always connected life is is reaping. It's just wreaking havoc. Um, I guess I didn't, uh, we, we did not necessarily think this all the way through when we invented the internet and it's, it's, you know, my daughter is one of them and, um, you know, there's, it's causing some serious problems and we have to think, I think today we have to think not only about physical well-being, but we really have to focus on mental well-being. Definitely. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So, and that's what the empowered part of it is, is not just your physical getting out and getting exercise. It's about how well you are mentally. Yeah, no, it's super important. It's a really important thing. Emily says uh, your sunshine episodes are so relaxing, nice, quick, like meditations in podcast form. Nice, that's what Thank she you, says. Emily. Stephen's taking credit for your internet problems. By the way, he every time he shows up to one of my live shows, we have nothing but problems. So yeah, it seems Stephen, it's not you. It's not you, Stephen. Uh, and so we, we, um, Heather, thanks for coming out tonight. And it's, this has been a very different, um, interview than I normally do on home gadget geeks. I think people have really enjoyed it. It's a little bit different. I hope the listeners enjoy it. And it's, it's just nice to hear. I love while we didn't dig into the tech from a serial number. No, and I didn't want to tonight. I really kind of wanted to stay away from some of that. I wanted to hear more of the story of why you have a very fascinating story. You're off grid because you don't have to be or because you have to be, not because you chose to be. And so there's just, it's just, it's refreshing to hear that story. Thank you for, uh, for, for coming on tonight and, and being willing to, I would say stay up to the middle of the night. Usually that's what our European friends, but it's afternoon, right? For you, or is it morning? Afternoon. Afternoon. So I'd love to be in New Zealand. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be doing the interview there in New Zealand than here in freezing cold. Omaha, Nebraska, but Heather, Heather, hang tight for one second. Let me do a few, uh, let me get us out of here and then we'll do a little bit of things here in the post show. Uh, in the beginning of the show, we thank our Patreon subscribers again. Listen to that story. If you haven't of me pouring wine down my mixer and uh, it doesn't drink, they're not, don't, don't feed your mixer wine. It doesn't work very, very well. Speaking of a technology that has trickle charges, Heather, I just heard the washer kick on. My wife said it for a timer. She said, will two hours be enough? 
So it's it's uh it's been the two hour mark and it's gonna kick on. You won't hear it, but it'll kick on here. Taking a trickle charge as it uh, was waiting to get started. But our Patreon subscribers, thanks. That basically helped me replace this mixer and we got it overnight and uh, we were able to do the show. So if you're if you are one of those Patreon subscribers, thank you. If you're not, uh, opportunities to be a Patreon subscriber. Don't forget you hear the pre and the post show. You only get that if you're a Patreon subscriber. So one dollar gets you in. Head over to the averageguy.tv and click on the Patreon link. Just sign up super easy. A bunch of you. I've had a couple of uh, new folks coming in. That was a long list that I read uh, today. We thank everybody who does that. And uh, we appreciate your sponsorship of the show. If you have any show ideas, I'm to that point where next week, I don't, it's the last one I have scheduled. I need to schedule some more show idea. You got to want to have a guest on. I think SP or I think this was SP's idea to get you, Heather, to get you on here. So SP, if you got anybody else that you're looking for, Heather, maybe we should schedule you every year to get an update on what's going It'd on. Be interesting. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be good. I like to do that where we bring guests back, you know, kind of appropriately based on, and they kind of get to know the audience and the audience gets to know them. So maybe we'll shoot for a year and, uh, and see how things are going there. But if you have any guest ideas, send me an email, Jim at the average You can also find me on Twitter at Jay Collison, easy way to do it. Bunch of new folks who joined us tonight who don't normally listen to home gadget geeks. Uh, Heather, they're here for you. And so we'll thank them for coming out to you've brought them with your tweet. If you like what you saw here, we do this every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at the average guy.tv slash live. Typically that works. Uh, we ended up going to uh, we we hodgepodged it tonight. Um, but typically every week we're out here, 830. I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern. No, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at the average guy tv slash live we'll check in with our friends over at maple grove partners they i'm sure they're doing some upgrades uh, out there and uh, helping us out as well um and ken stay around for the post show i'll tell you we'll, we'll mention it in the post show maybe i should just make you go back he's wanting the story again i won't say it uh, again mm-hmm. to folks but then uh, one more reminder don't forget the average guy.tv of course uh our mobile app is available at homegadgetgeeks.com, if you want to listen live, uh, if you want to listen live, that's the best way to do it. If you need to get the audio when you're on the road, that's sponsored by LastPass. So if you haven't been out there, if you need a way to help manage all your passwords, LastPass is kicking it right now. And uh, you can go out there free. It's pretty much free. If you want to go on the premium plan, $24 a year. We thank LastPass for their sponsorship. They've been longtime sponsors. And then it always surprises me. The t-shirts are still available. If you want a Home Gadget Geeks t-shirt, and you have an Amazon fulfillment center uh, near you, or you can get one, you can go out to theaverageguy.tv slash shirt. I was going to cut that off. Uh, and then I saw on Twitter, a few more popped up. So we'll leave that out there for a little bit longer. I think I'm going to change, Heather, I think the next set of shirts going to be long sleeve. Are you a long sleeve t-shirt wearer? Would you wear a long sleeve t-shirt if if you yeah, had I one? So. Yeah. 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 I think it's summer for you guys, right? So it's maybe not appropriate now, but maybe in the winter when it gets a little, when it gets a little, uh, when it gets a little cooler down there, um, we will. Emily says those t-shirts are so comfortable. Don't cut them off. Well, Emily, maybe we'll leave the OGs out there for a little bit longer, and I'll get, um, I'll get Addie to make us some long sleeve t-shirts. She said those just became available, so maybe we'll add that to the list as well. If you want to check it out, theaverageguy.tv/shirt. We appreciate you when you purchase those as well. Like I mentioned, we're available every Thursday live. If you want to come out and invite all the folks that came out tonight, you can join us again next week as we talk tech here on Home Gadget Geeks. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out there. AverageGuy.tv slash live. Stay around for some post show if you're listening live. With that, I will say goodnight, everybody.